Welcome to the Rad Season Action Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ollie Russell Cowan. We are back with episode 98. If this is the first time listening, welcome. And yeah, welcome to all our previous listeners on the show. We're stoked to be joined by pro BMX rider and BMX freestyle Olympic bronze medalist Declan Brooks. Declan grew up in Portsmouth in the UK. His dad was into motorcycling, but Deck had other ideas. He got his first BMX at when he was nine years old and started skipping football to ride his bike. From then on, he spent every minute at the skate park. At 16, he thought he could take BMX further and make it a career. He worked as a plasterer on, on the side to get money to go to competitions. Then British cycling came along and Deck became a full-time BMX freestyle athlete with the goal to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics. He was the first British athlete to get a medal in BMX freestyle with a bronze in 2021. Deck now has his sights set on the Olympics in Paris in 2024. We're going to be chatting about how Deck got onto Team GB, winning bronze, the whole Olympic experience, his time working at Cirque du Soleil, events, training, um, Adrenal Alley, injury, recovery, and his goals for the future. Let's jump into it. Hey, Declan. How are you, man? Yeah, hey, Ollie. Thanks for having me on, mate. Yeah, good, thanks. How you doing? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, really well, thank you. Yeah, you, so you're, you, um, you're, you're at home now, recovering. Yeah, yeah, so I'm uh, in Peterborough. That's where I'm based. Um, took a crash about six weeks ago now um, at the European Championships in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was a, it was a pretty nasty one. Um, but it was got it was just it was a freak accident to be honest. It was I don't really know what I did. Uh, it wasn't even on a trick. Um, I kidding. think it was just a lapse in concentration. And one minute I was on the bike, next minute I was on the floor. Um, yeah, so it was it wasn't the greatest, but I suppose it's it's just been a lot. It's been a long summer, um, yeah. and maybe I was, maybe I was just tired and overworked and. Kind of had to come to an end, but not like that. Man, what, what did you injure? Uh, so it doesn't really sound that bad to be honest, but it, I just had a, a abdominal bruising, um, okay. which which kind of you kind of just sounds like you bruised your abs. But it basically, so I, I got knocked out um, with the crash, and then for about four or five days, I just couldn't eat, couldn't really move, couldn't really walk. Like I was in bed. Um, oh man. Then I had to get home from Germany, so we we managed to get on a flight, and they my my teammates just kind of uh, wheelchaired me through the airport. Uh, and then <laughs> this was, was in Munich, right? This yeah, was in yeah. Munich. Okay. Uh, then when I got home, I was just in bed for at least two weeks. Um, lost like so much weight. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad, and I've only really the last sort of two weeks kind of been feeling like I can get around more like myself and. Yeah, yeah, it really, it really sent me. Um, so now I'm just trying to put back on weight, getting back in the gym, and then yeah, be back on the bike next week. Oh, nice! And then just sort of just taking it slowly, or do you reckon you'd be back? You can kind of get back into park and. Um, yeah, it's definitely taking it slow because obviously because I hit my head as well. Um, we don't really know how it's going to be when you get back on the bike yet. Um, yeah, you might just kind of like get back on the bike and still feel a bit spaced out, but it has been quite a while now, so we're hoping that's good um but there is a couple of competitions coming up but it's just it's probably a bit tight for me to go to go to them so we've, we've kind okay. of leave them out and then just get back in at the end of the year and um when you just focus on like qualifying and stuff right yeah yeah just it's like 
being at the top of BMX, it's it's such a gnarly sport. And if you're not 100%, it's almost not worth doing it. Because um, yeah. the stuff that you've got to do to even do well is, it's 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 your 100%. Yeah, uh, and so it's dangerous. So yeah, if I was to go and kind of do an eighty percent, I I wouldn't really, wouldn't really be too into it. Um, so I'm just going to miss it out. Okay, and that's not the first time you've been concussed, right? I mean, this is no, concussed a couple of times. Yeah, so that that's been the worry this time. It's kind of like every time before you're like, ah, oh, bounce back, um, and this time you're like. I've had like six knockouts now over my over ten years, which which is quite a lot, really. Yeah. Um, so it kind of just makes you sit back and think, mm, how long have I got left? And kind of put some doubts in your mind. It did for the first couple of weeks, and then when I was getting better, it was just, nah, I want to get back on the bike again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a worry. Um, but I had I had an MRI and everything's come up good. So okay. Um, that's it like as long as the scans are come through yeah, okay seen, right we've seen the right people and we've done the right things so now it's just about getting the confidence back in and going with it again yeah nice one man yeah well i'd love to kind of jump back to i guess where it all began because because you grew up in portsmouth right and sort of yeah. started riding there and I, I heard your dad was he he was pretty keen into in, into motorbikes and motocross and did, didn't he try and get you like into that like, yes, like before yes. Being yeah, so when I was when I was about five, uh, he bought me uh, a little motocross bike, and we went up to just just like a flat field kind of thing, and it, I was just scared. Just what it just really wasn't for me. Um, I tried to have a go, and I think I had one little crash, and it just kind of like, no, nah, I'm not doing it, not doing it anymore. <laughs> um, so that I kind of put that down for the next sort of like five years. Um, my brother and my dad were always into motocross, so they kept on going. Um, yeah. We got dragged to all the motorbike tracks around the country, so we were always involved in that sort of stuff. Uh, but it wasn't until about nine or ten that I had a BMX, and and I used to play football at the time. And we used to go to these tournaments, and I used to take my BMX. I was spending more time on the BMX at these football tournaments than actually playing football. Uh, and I think it was at that point we were just like, right, come on, let's just pack football in and just yeah. go to the skate park. So we spent every every minute at the skate park after that, and it wasn't really until I kind of got to sixteen, like leaving school sort of time, that I thought maybe I can take this further and take it as an actual career. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I kind of did that for a couple of years, and I was also plastering as well with my dad, just on the side to get money to go to competitions. Yeah. Um, and then at the perfect, it all kind of fell into place for me because at the perfect time um the british cycling came along with the olympic stuff and that allowed me to go full time with it and completely put all my energy into that um, nice. and that's when i kind of just changed as a rider and just saw the the benefits of being a, a full-time athlete yeah because weren't you like were you against the olympics when you kind of heard, heard no. about it? i guess like way like way back when it was sort of you know it was, no, when it was just an idea no. that it could happen for me not really um i always kind of wanted it to i know there was a lot of people and they're generally older that kind of didn't want it to go to the yeah. olympics they thought it would change the sport um but it's just opportunity um and i, I don't you don't know whether they kind of just saying that because they would have liked it 20 years ago or 
yeah. where uh, they actually don't like it for the sport. But it's still, I still think there's like, it's maybe divided that sport up a little bit um, in terms of like, you've got now Olympic riders and then you've also got like the general, like the normal BMX rider. Yeah. That's kind of just like a bit crazy and, uh, and all that. Um, but yeah, it's just more opportunities for younger riders to take BMX full time. And that essentially that's it. That's your dream when you're a kid. Yeah. You just want to ride your bike. And if, and if it means that you're on an Olympic team, so be it. Yeah. I, I, I think, I mean, like, yeah, with that exposure, right. I mean, it's sort of kind of, it just gives opportunities from everything from what well, making a living out of it and making, you know, bring on sponsors and everything else that kind of comes along with that. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so like the, the BMX industry, it's a small industry and, and it goes in cycles where it does really well and then it really struggles. Yeah. Um, so if you're kind of one of those riders that aren't, that aren't too, that haven't got many sponsors and you're finding that hard. So you've got to work. Um, the Olympic team's kind of different in terms of you don't, you don't necessarily have to be cool or the right guy to be on the team. You just have to get good results. Yep. So it's all, it's all on you at that point. Um, and that, and I always like that aspect of it, that if you don't do well, then you kind of, you're not going to be off the team straight away, but you, you do yep. get a good while to be like, just to prove yourself. So it's kind of anyone's fair game for it. Um, and yeah. I always like the opportunity about, yeah, about that. Nice. Um, and when did, when is sort of um, GB cycling like get involved or when, like, when, like when, when were they kind of looking, um, looking at you? When was this, was this sort of like when you, when you're in your teens, like, did it start? Back no, then no. So um, there was talks in about 2016 that we might be going into the Olympics. Okay. And then in 2017, when we got the go-ahead, um, British Cycling then started coming to a couple of our competitions, so the World Championships and mm. World Cups. Um, and they were basically just looking at the guys that were from GB that were up there and kind of around that level. Yeah. Um, and there was like, I think there was three of us at the time that were pretty much making finals most events. So they're thinking, right, we've got quite a good chance here. Um, so they put together. They they put together. I think it was three of us initially, but then they also put out online and said, "Send in your videos, like a sixty second run, essentially." Oh, really? Yeah, whether it's at a competition or just in your skate park. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of guys ended up getting on the team through that way as well. Um, but it's such a small sport; we all know each other really well, anyway. Yeah. Uh, they were just trying to work out the best team to get together. Um, around then and i think it was five guys initially and two girls okay um, and i think there's still most of us that were what were on then are on now um nice. and, a of, and a couple of young guns and uh, now um but as as the kind of the years have gone on it the first of all it was all about the the, the tokyo games yeah it was i think we had two years um we had two years to get ready for it um and there was some big funding as well, right? I mean, that was that they were kind of putting into that. And... Yeah, yeah. So obviously, so everyone on the team then got lottery funded, um, okay. which for us was massive because it was just, it allowed, for me anyway, it allowed me to take it full time and a couple yeah, of others huge. as well. Um, and then, yeah, and we just got all the, everything that comes with it. So because we've jumped onto British Cycling, we then get everything that they get. So it was all the physio, yeah. the nutrition, which before we would have just 
if you if someone says you're injured, you'll say, okay, when can I ride? And they'll say <laughs> six weeks, and you're riding three, and <laughs> you ride with your leg coming off. Whereas now, you just speed it up yourself, right? You'll be like, oh, I'll be fine. I'm gonna yeah. get through this quickly. You just ride with like your arm falling off or something, and you just get through. <laughs> where now it's very much like you can go see the right people, get the right things done, and you're looked after. So it's yeah, it's such a blessing. Uh, yeah, right for longevity of our careers. Yeah, and and didn't didn't they build like a whole training facility, like a replica of the like yeah. of what it was going to be like in Tokyo? More yeah, or less, right? yeah. So that was obviously a massive advantage. Um, not only that we got to ride it, but they they gave us the funding to build it. Um, yeah, it was put up, I think it was put up in like three or four weeks uh, by four one four skate parks that build all the skate like the best skate parks in this country. Um, we had it for four weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we could just it was down in Telford, um, in like a really nice building, heated, like we we whacked the heat up in there to get it similar to what it would be like in Tokyo. Um all right, so yeah, it was just a massive advantage we had. Um and we just we kept it under wraps as well. We didn't tell anyone. Um so only the guys on the team knew and yeah, that was it. So we, we kind of just got our prep done and then nice. and out there. And um Australia did the same thing. But they weren't. They didn't keep it under wraps. They kind of just put it out there and said, "Yeah, we've got it." So okay. they had it, but not us. Uh, and yeah, no one else did it. So yeah, we kind of had a big advantage, really. And um, and where was it, like where were you going before that? Was that like over to the US to like to Woodward and stuff like that, or or were you training I, back at home? And uh, it was mainly back at home, really. Like we did a couple of trips to the US because uh, it's always just nice to get out there, get in some warm weather, um, yeah. ride some different spots, but. I'd say like we we've got a skate park in Corby uh, called Adrenaline Alley, and it's it's probably the best park in the world. Like yeah. it really is. Like everything's everything's great. Everything they've got everything that you need to ride. Um, but yeah, we still go out to like Woodward sometimes because it's just nice to change it up and ride with different people. Um, but yeah, no, we've we've got it really lucky here. And to be fair, there's so many good parks around this country as well. Within like yeah. a couple of hours, we are spoiled for choice nice and didn't 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 you move up to corby was that kind of like yes. just to kind of be closer to um to, to adrenaline alley and yeah so again when british cycling started for us uh, a couple of us just moved straight up there um me and it was me and james jones moved in together lived together for a, for a little while then he decided to go back to wales um and then another lad moved in with me yeah and then we just kind of did that for a while um, yeah I'm now in Peterborough, so it's like half an hour away. Um, but I'm still in the area, and we ride it every day. Yeah, so it's been it's been a blessing, really. Yeah, nice one. Cool. And and how was that? So there's that kind of build up from then going on the team and sort of focusing on trying to um, trying to get there, and you know, try and actually um, you know compete over over in Tokyo. How was that whole process of sort of you know going through the qualifications and that was the hardest bit um it's a year a year and a half long qualification so it's yeah, yeah it's a long slug um and yeah it's just like i think we have three or four world cups a year so there are big point scoring competitions so it's not really that many so if you kind of you if you sit one out because you're injured or you don't do well like it it, it kind of kills your chances a bit um, yeah and we have smaller comps called c1s which is like a fifth of the points um, so you've got to do as many of those ones as you can. 
just to get up, just to get up a little bit. And we were, and the whole team, like we were all quite tight in, in, in like in our ranking systems mm-hmm. um, in terms of GB riders. And then I, and then by the end I was, I, I think I just pipped um, the second guy. Um, so it wasn't just on points, but it, that it was a factor. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a long process. And, and again, it's just about to start, I think for the next one already, which has come around so quickly. Yeah, so that um, that, is it is it going to be over in Australia, right? Is that going to be the first one? Uh, no, so that's the second one. Uh, okay. We've got there's the World Championships in Abu Dhabi in November. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to miss that one, um, which is that's a big points one. So that's a bit annoying, but it's just got to think of like the long. We've got a year and a half, so game. yeah, the long game. Yeah, and didn't you have like some? You had like a mental crash in in Worlds, right? Yeah. Kind of so that was up to the games. Yeah, so that was not the best scenario. Um I was right I was feeling like really good. The week before that event, they said you're going to the Olympics, they told me. So you're thinking, right, don't crash. But <laughs> but then you're like, well, I'm in form, I could win the world championships. So yeah. you're like so you kind of just weighing it up and you're thinking, well, I'm riding good at the moment, so there's no reason why I can't I can't ride good there. Um, and it's a good warm-up event for essentially the biggest event of your life. Um, so I've gone there feeling really good. Um, and then I was like, I was kind of just thinking, I knew I could do the double flip in the run like early on, but I was thinking it would be a big impact if I did it at the end. Like no one's ever done it um, on the buzzer. And like, if you do yeah. it on the buzzer, it's like, it's huge. Um and it was just kind of going from ahead all week, all weekend, and like every day I was like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do it today." And then it got obviously got to finals, and I'm thinking, "Could do it." And then I was like, do "You know, what? I'm just going to do it and see what happens." And obviously, it didn't work out. Um, but essentially, I got really lucky. Nothing. I knocked myself out, um, but I just had a concussion and didn't break any bones, which was crazy, wow. really, because I ploughed into the floor. Um, so yeah, ten days off the bike, uh, and that was six weeks before the games. Okay, and then it was it was just about getting back to the park straight away when I when I got the all clear, um, and getting the double flip out of the way straight away. So get that done straight away. So there's no there's nothing sitting in the back of your head like you you died doing that week ago. <laughs> pretty much was that the first thing that you were thinking about? Like you just, you just got to get that kind of monkey off your shoulder right just to kind yeah, of... purely because i knew i needed it at the olympics um yeah. like i knew i had to do that trick otherwise you're not going to get out there um so yeah i got it done straight away and then that's when the the telford park opened up for us so i was just straight in there uh working on our lines and just getting everything ready um but yeah was, it was just it was just a crazy crazy time yeah. And this is all during COVID as well, right? So you kind of yeah, yeah. shut down and then can you get access yeah. and all that? Yeah. Yeah. So I think in, yeah, in 2020, obviously the, the COVID happened, um, park shut for three months. So no one could ride. So it was just training in your, in your back garden, really. Yeah. Um, nothing on bike. Uh, and then Adrenaline Alley finally let us in. 
I think that was about after three months, but the park was still shut. So we were still able to get in there, which was massive. Yeah. And I think that that year was probably the most progression I had in in so long. Uh, my riding just changed. It was almost like it was overnight, and I don't really know what it was down to. Um, but that's when I learned, learned the double flip, and there was a couple other tricks as well. So it was just a it was just a weird time. But for me, COVID was almost the best thing that ever that ever happened to me, which is yeah. strange. It just gives you that time to focus, doesn't it? Where you're not traveling, or you're not kind of you don't have to go to any events and competitions, and you can just yeah, kind of. That's, that's the thing. When you've got back to back competitions, it's like you you're not necessarily learning any more tricks. You're just yeah. trying to keep fit and trying to keep like healthy and just doing the ones you can already do every week. Um, and it, yeah, it's not until you get a big lump of time off and like you really start working on what you can do and what you want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and this year has been a, a crazy one. Like, I, I don't even know how many events we've done, but a lot of the time it's just been back to back to back. Yeah. It, it's been tiring, but it's, it's been nice because obviously you've had a couple of years off, essentially, of of that sort of style. But yeah, it's, no, it's been good to have all the events back and being able to travel everywhere. So, yeah. Do you reckon the progression's kind of then slowed down when it's that busy and that hectic on your schedule? Because you can't you obviously don't want to get injured you want to you want to be competing and yeah yeah i think during the summer probably progression slows down um but it's in it's all it's in the winter that everything that you get everything ready so i think everyone gets their stuff ready in the winter and then brings it to the summer competitions um depending on how many you ride but generally if you're in europe there's one a week so you just yeah like you come home you take your bag you you close out the bag you wash them you put them back in the bag that's what it was for for a couple of months um but yeah now now it's kind of getting it's more downtime now so people just be in their skate parks working trying to trying to get new stuff ready for obviously there's a couple at the end of the year but it'll be but then it'll be next year okay nice yeah Yeah. and how was how was that whole experience with the games i've got i've got to ask you that i mean that that that's sort of like the feeling of then you know going and obviously you know the day and yeah i was just the whole the whole thing was even when i look back now it's so surreal and it, it's time's flown by but um obviously getting the call was the first the first major one like you you answer the phone and then the guy was like you go into the, the olympics and you're like you don't really know what to say and you're like yeah it's, it's yeah that's that was one of the weirdest moments and then uh kitten out day was another was another one where you kind of you go down to the nec in birmingham and they just kit everything. You, yeah. come, you come out with like three suitcases full of full of stuff, and you just like this is actually happening. That was the moment you're like, this is happening. Um, and then obviously we've net like BMX BMXs have never been to the Olympics. We've never it's the first time, so we didn't really know what to expect in a way. Like you know, you know you're going to the Olympics, but you don't really know yeah. what's going to happen. Um, and especially it being COVID for us it was great either way because we didn't, we've never been to a normal games, yeah. um, which I think it was kind of nice that if we can go to the next one, then you'll get to, I think the next one will be a normal games. It'll be in Paris a bit closer as well. Um, yeah. And it'll kind of be a normal one, but we were, we were kind of stuck in like a couple of mile, essentially Olympic village. Yeah. Um, but the, the village was so big that you didn't feel like you were trapped. Okay. 
We're in these thousands of athletes, right? It's not like yeah, yeah it's it is a, literally a village. It's, it was huge. Um, so you can go out, you can just go for walks around, and yeah, to be honest, there wasn't that much time to chill out anyway because you you're pra- you're over there, you're practicing for a couple of days, and then you come back and you you start recovering, then you go and eat, and then and then it's the end of the day. Um, yeah. So yeah, there wasn't like a lot of downtime there, um, but the Olympic Village was just something special really was and we team gb really know how to to do it like we we had the best building by far we had the whole building as well like a lot of countries are split up okay it might be like germ might be like germany have three floors then sweden have two floors we had this whole this whole like skyscraper essentially ourselves and and it was in like a prime spot um like a great view um and yeah so we so we're like really lucky with that um but yeah and then obviously the event came around um well actually obviously we were practicing every day but because we had the olympic course at home it was a bit of a game so like we didn't tell anyone we had it because we didn't want anyone to watch what we were doing yeah because if they knew that we had it then they'd just watch us and think well that that's a good line i'm going to take that from you because essentially like we rode it for four months, like no, for four weeks. We know essentially a good, what the good lines are. Um, so for me, it was a bit like three days. I'm just going to not really do anything, um, which could be a bit stupid in a way. But we'd rode it for that long, and then we'd still had two days. And by by those two days, you're kind of thinking, well, no one's going to change their line now. They, yeah. they, they know what everyone's committed, right? They're not going to just switch yeah. it up, are they? Yeah. So at that point, then I'm like, right. I've learned all the ramps, like because obviously the ramps feel a bit different, but the setup's the same. Yeah. Um, and right now I can actually start getting into it, and and that and that was plenty because normally in competitions we have about an hour to an hour and a half on the course practice, and then you get chucked in. Whereas yeah. this, I think we had like seven hours in total, so it's like we weren't none of us were used to it at all. Um, but it was great. Nice. Uh, yeah, and then the event come round and it was. It was just you try to think of it like a, a World Cup, or but it's just not. It's just not. You you get there and you're like, yeah, this is different. This is yeah. definitely different. Uh, and, and then and, and having a coach as well, right? Wasn't I mean like Jamie, Jamie Bestwick was yeah. performance yes, coach. And... Again, we're we're super lucky to have Jamie. Um, I think almost any country would probably fire their coach and and employ Jamie if he was a free agent. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, obviously he's. He's very patriotic and he just wanted to be involved with Great Britain and the first games. Um, So, yeah, he, we had him for, we've had him for the last sort of five years now. Okay. Um, Yeah. And someone that wins as much as that can only rub off on their riders. Um, And, and we kind of saw that. So yeah, it was just having Jamie is a massive, a massive help. And when you're, in the Olympics, it's the biggest stage of all time. So you need someone like that to be there and just yeah, kind of guide you. Who's been it. through it all, right? I mean, with a, yeah. whatever. How many multiple like X Games yeah. medals uh, and everything else? I, I don't know how many, many medals he's got, but I think he's got like fifteen gold or something <laughs> crazy like that. And yeah. So yeah, he's just a, a machine on winning and and it, yeah, and it just instills it into the, into the riders. Yeah. So and. And, and how was it having having a psychologist? Because like, didn't didn't you have like like te- like Team GB had their own psychologist kind of run through any sort of I don't know I guess what 
any kind of concerns, right? And it's not just the yeah, whole physical yeah, side um, of it. It's mental is massive when you kind of put yes. your body in line with these tricks. Yeah. And yeah, so I, I think the psychologist come in for me the most after that crash I had at the Worlds. Okay. So it was kind of like he kind of sat down with me after and like, what are your thoughts? What do you want to do? Um, we, and you just kind of talk about it. But for a psychologist, for us, it's a lot more practical rather than just kind of sitting there and talking about it. He'll come to the skate park and we'll go over all this stuff. And yeah, and yeah, it's a lot more practical on the bike because essentially that's what we do. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like it's a hard one to explain, but it's it's massively beneficial for for us. Um, yeah, and we yeah we still work with him to this day. Um, so yeah. Cool. Yeah, so it's a big one. And again, before before the Olympic program, you wouldn't you wouldn't have thought that you'd be speaking to a psychologist. <laughs> yeah. And so, what was the what was the whole media frenzy like? Like after after you got bronze and did that did that sink in? I mean, it must have been pretty surreal, kind of. Yeah. Oh, right afterwards. Yeah. Well, it was very surreal because obviously Charlotte got her gold medal. Um, yeah. And then almost five minutes after that, I then had to go in and ride. So, the, like, the psychologist in the crowd was just like, chill out, chill out, chill out. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. So, someone yeah. that you've been riding for years has just won a gold medal at the Olympics. And it, and it, you're just like, whoa, this is, this is, and it, and the way she did it as well was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so, I think they were thinking, oh, no, this is not. This is not great for deck because um, it's a lot of pressure. But it but it actually happened two days prior in the BMX racing for us as well. I think well Beth got a gold and Kai got a silver. Yeah. But the first race was Beth and she went out and got gold. And then oh no, it might have been Kai. I can't remember what anyway, one of them had to ride after the other rider. Um and the psychologist sat down with those guys before and said what are you going to do if one of if if the other rider goes out and wins? And and they were like, well, I don't really know, not really thought about it. But by plant, but planting that thought in your head, you've you've now thought about it. Yeah. So it's not going to be a surprise when it happens. And essentially, that's what that's the same thing he did with me. Um, like, what are you going to do? And at least you've thought about it, rather than if it happened, then you think then you then you scrambled. Yeah. Um, and and that essentially that that's how basic psychology can be. It's just planting the thought there and and, and letting it run. Um, and looking yeah. at different scenarios, right? And kind of like yeah. Yeah, what happens yeah. if this or that. And as long as you're ready for it, then nothing can really take you out your rhythm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Charlotte Charlotte got the gold, um, and then it was just I just had to go in and do what I've done for the last four weeks at home. Um, so it didn't really feel I didn't really feel like there was that much pressure. It was just go out there and do what you could do, not yeah. go out there and win a gold medal. Um so all yeah, all you have to do is ride your best and that's all they can ask for and that's pretty much what I did. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was it was it was great. And then obviously after you have all the media stuff and yeah. It was a lot at the start because you you've got all these emotions and you just like you're on like you're not even there almost. Um, yeah. And it's not until you really get home and you sit down and you think, what have we just done? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's quite, it's quite unbelievable. 
and you just get slammed with like interviews everywhere right i mean you kind of yeah yeah well the f- the the, th- the first thing like when i got home we had like my family organized this massive i wouldn't even know what you call it it was like a, a welcome home as such but it was the yeah. whole town um so <laughs> like the town that i live in at in uh back in portsmouth and there was like two thousand people there i think just oh, lying right. streets it was yeah it was like the queen walking down the road it was <laughs> obviously very surreal you've just come back you're jet lagged from the flight you just got a medal and then you're like whoa what is happening here what's going on yeah um so i walked probably like i got out at the start of the road out of the car and then i probably walked for about a mile and it was just yeah. every, it was just fields of people and i just took photos and said hello to everyone and it probably took me over an hour to get home um but i wouldn't wouldn't have it any other way and it's going to be something yeah everyone remembers for the rest of our lives um, so yes, it, was, it, was, it was special yeah it's really special nice and what's the focus now so after like recovery and then is it is it like 100 percent focusing on 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 paris 24 and that's kind of yeah yeah that's that's obviously the, the end goal there um but it, it's kind of just take every event as it comes um and I think we've really got we've got a really good chance of getting two riders at the next games. Yeah. Um, so kind of how it works is the last games, the top country with the most points got to take two guys, and everyone else got to take one. Um, whereas this time that we um, the Olympics have gave us a couple more riders um, nice. in the whole field, which is nice because it just shows that they they like the sport and and like we deserve more riders yeah. because there's so many guys that should have been there that weren't. There can only be so many. Um, so, yeah, I, I really think we've got a good chance of getting two guys from the UK. Um, but you just need to collect points collectively yeah. together to do that. Um, but, yeah, I think we've got a pretty good shot. How, how many riders are there going to be then? Are they allowing? Twelve. So okay. 12, 12 men, 12 female. Um, yeah, so it's still a very small field. Um, yeah. Considering... Yeah, I think they'd probably take eight or nine countries. Um, yeah, well, wow. yeah, it's still a small field compared to all the other sports. Yeah, um, nice. So yeah. yeah, and is there any? I mean, you did a bit of stunt work and a few ads, and um, before, well, I guess, I guess before the Olympics, was yeah, yeah. I mean, are, you, are you still doing any anything around around that for, for brands or things or? If it comes up, I'll, I'll still do it because I, I quite enjoy that stuff as well. It was just like yeah. um, so. The first one we did was uh, Mary Poppins in, well, yeah, the last Mary Poppins film. Um, we were on that for a couple of months in yeah. Shepperton uh, Studios, and that was that was crazy. It was a, obviously a massive Disney film, and um, they've got, they've got these rogue BMXs there for a couple of months <laughs> now. And yeah, it was, it was a bit of a scene at times, but. Um, no, that was that was real good fun. Um, not that I could probably do something like that now because it takes too much time up. Yeah, but just like it's a good experience at the time, right? It's kind of just... it was perfect at the time. Uh, there was wasn't really a lot going on, um, and then just after that, I decided to go to Cirque du Soleil. Um, okay, and that so that was in Canada and America. So I was out there for six months doing that, and that and it was kind of a time where I fell out of love of competing a little bit, like. I just wanted to earn some money just to, I just wanted to ride my bike every day. And, okay. and, and I was just like, well, 
if I stay home and do contests, then I still have to work. Yeah. All right. I'm just, I, and I was just like, do you know what? I'm going to go do it. So that happened. And then just after it, the Olympic then come around and I was still doing a few competitions at the time. So I was still, I still had my hand in. Um, but again, that was, that was a fun six months. And um, yeah, it was, it was great. So it's very different though. Doing shows and doing contests is, yeah, it's different. Like show life after a while is very, it's tedious. Okay. Just, very, it's just doing the same thing, right? Kind of. Yeah. You can, you can freestyle it and you can do different tricks and stuff, but essentially it's the same show every night. Yeah. And, and it's great. You earn good money and you get to travel the world. Um, but I just missed competing and I just wanted to get back and the, the kind of lit the fire up for me again. Yeah. Um, and then the British side can come around. So it was, it was perfect timing. Nice. Cool. Man. And yeah. where do you reckon, like, like where do you see um, BMX going? Like with it sort of in, in the run up to Paris and do you kind of sort of see that exposure and like, it's just going to keep on growing and they'll be building more parks and. Yeah. Well, after, since, since the last one, we've had a lot more funding into the sport. Um, skate parks have seen a lot more money from, from that funding. Um, yeah. So they've been able to, We've, we've had more facilities. We have better facilities within those parks. Um, we've now got more coaches around the country. So essentially it leads to hopefully more kids riding bikes. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes the, the thing with BMX is like a, a parent might be a bit, just a bit worried to take their kid to the skate park and just let them loose. Um, whereas that, cause that's what, that's what you do. Whereas yeah. some parents like structure and they, they want their kids to like go there and actually be doing something yeah so we never had that before like but now there's there's coaches um and it, it doesn't make bmx like a or you've got to go and do two bar spins and three tail <laughs> exactly it's, it's, a free it's not football right no uh, but it's yeah it's just it's just slightly more structure around it um again some people might not like that um but if it gets more people into the sport and it because it's a small sport um and it struggles so the more people we can get into the parks, the better. Um, yeah. Just keep the skate parks open, uh, keep the bike brands going, buying bikes. Um, so, yeah, I, I just hope it keeps on pushing. Um, obviously, Charlotte and I got a medal, so it's going to, for the next one, there'll be more hype around it. Yeah. Uh, the fact that we've we've got medals and there's possibility to get more at the next one. Um, and I think Paris are doing, are really pushing the BMX. Um, I see... I think it was last yeah bmx year. and skateboarding right i mean they're kind of yeah, almost, yeah. And, and breaking as well is going to be new yeah yeah um yeah. well i see they did there some like some ads to put out there uh some promotional ads and there was bmx throughout the whole of it which there yeah, wasn't nice. any sport throughout the whole of it so for someone to be on a bike that's quite a big deal um so yeah i think i think they're really going to push the bmx yeah which will be cool. awesome yeah and then, and then with Glasgow coming up, that's that's going to be next year, isn't it? That, that, yes, that's August twenty twenty three. So that would be that would be mega. Um, yeah, so if anyone can get to that, it would be awesome because we've never had all. I think it's like it's over ten every cycling. discipline or something, isn't it? Yeah, like, cycling disciplines that are going to be in the area. Um, I think it's over the span of like a week and a half. Um, yeah, I know we're near the start of it. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. We've never never had anything like that, and it's obviously a world championships. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be a big deal, and it's nice to have something local for once. Yeah. <laughs> 
and outside of um yeah sort of like 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 doing events locally what, what's your favorite do you reckon like kind of on, on a regular sort of basis favorite like, if pick, yeah if you had to pick like one event um oh that's a tough question because i i i really like dirt events even though that's not what yeah. i do at all um yeah. but like i like I, i've been riding bmx for so long now but i've always find the best events there they're they're dirt events they're at night you've got the floodlights on yeah everyone's getting rowdy everyone's drunk on the outside so they're louder and it's just (laughs) it's just a good time um and you see the craziest tricks because dirt's slightly softer so if you crash it's not it's not quite as bad essentially but they're always they're always like the fun events like there was one in germany uh used to be called the worlds um and it used to be under a bridge at night and it yeah for me, like when I was a kid, watching that was just the best thing. And then yeah. as I and as I grew up, I got to ride it. Um, so yeah, it's just a mega event. Um, but all the World Cups are great. It's just nice when we go to different countries each time, um, yeah, and just see different places. And yeah, it's, it's a dream come true, really. Yeah, and everyone's kind of traveling together. You know, you know all the guys and girls on on on, on the tour, right? And it's kind of yeah, yeah. So that's essentially that's, they're just mates, kind of being at a different location at a different event. Yeah, so again, that's another weird thing for us now is because we, we travel as a team. Uh, yeah. Whereas before, you'd kind of you either travel with your sponsors or you just then you might even travel on your own. Whereas now, pretty much every event we go to, it's like Team GB go together. Every country okay. goes together. So it's kind of like we're everyone's friends in terms of like the, us and the French, us and the Americans, the Australians. Like everyone yeah. gets you kind of stay within your country now. So it's okay. kind of dividing up a little bit as we're seeing over the years, but. Like I'll still go out to Australia and ride with Logan Martin. Yeah, and he lets me stay at his house, so it's still very, still a very friendly sport. Um, and I think a lot of people will see that on TV. Like it's it's very it's great camaraderie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, something cool. we don't want to leave the sport. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's still going to be like that. Hope hope so. <laughs> nice man. And um, yeah. what's the best way if people want to like follow what you're up to? uh instagram instagram's probably the best one Uh, at declan brooks pretty easy um yeah generally i post a lot of stuff when i'm riding at the moment it's been a bit bit sparse Um, but yeah i'll be back on the bike soon so i'll be posting up all the time where we're at where we're riding and again we're not we're not one of these sports where you never see never see your idols like you 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 can come to adrenaline alley any day of the week and we'll be there and we'll be riding so it's not like a like a footballer and you, you only see them on a pitch once a week and you can barely get an autograph. Like yeah. it's much like you come to the skate park, we'll teach you tricks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're more than welcome to come to the park. We'll always be there. Sick. Cool, man. Well, Deck, yeah. thanks so much for coming on, man. It's, it's been no awesome, awesome yeah. chatting to you. Speedy recovery. And yeah, look, look forward to seeing you in all the, all, all the events later this year. Yeah. Thanks, Ollie. Thanks for having me, mate. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find show notes and links to resources on radseason.com slash magazine. Hit us up on Instagram at radseasonpodcast. You can follow me on Ollie Russell Cowan. Until next time, thanks for listening.